Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Wednesday, the 11th of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. More at ffbt.com. Coming up in the news, Eric Pfeiffer reports on possible higher input costs from the new WOTUS rule. C.J. Miller previews the Thursday USDA supply and demand reports. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has wet snow in the forecast. And the markets yesterday mixed Arlen Suderman analysis coming up on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. How WOTUS could impact your wallet, and a big report coming from USDA tomorrow. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Reaction across American agriculture to the Environmental Protection Agency's new Waters of the U.S. rule has not been positive for a number of reasons. Chief among them, it could push input costs even higher. Reagan Giesenschlaw, manager of government affairs with the Fertilizer Institute, says more regulation always means higher costs. I don't think it'll necessarily impact farmers' access to input, but it could add to the backside cost of producing that if somebody is trying to mine materials. It's all about the permitting and the time and the cost to get those permits. Eason Schlaw says when the EPA proposed a rule several months back, it was much more extreme than the one they eventually landed on. However, the agency left a lot of wiggle room in implementing the rule that she believes will make things even more challenging for the fertilizer industry. Sometimes when we have to mine the necessary materials to make potash or phosphorus, we have to temporarily disturb wetlands or other aquatic features to extract those materials to produce the fertilizer. So that's kind of where the fertilizer industry and Lotus cross. And it will impact it in that way. Maybe some of these fertilizer expansion projects that USDA had the grant program for, it could potentially delay those depending on who gets awarded. There are things like that. Farm Bureau Deputy General Counsel Travis Cushman expressed his disappointment in the EPA's ruling at their convention this week, saying the current case before the Supreme Court regarding WOTUS is a lawsuit against the previous version of the rule, so don't expect a Supreme Court decision on that to end the WOTUS debate once and for all. So the current case is not on this new rule, so I believe you'd probably need to have a new challenge to that rule. And that's why they should not have put this rule out when they did. Cushman says the one thing for certain for farmers regarding the latest waters of the U.S. final rule, more uncertainty. 
USDA is set to release its monthly WASDE report tomorrow afternoon. C.J. Miller now on how it could impact the grain markets. This is probably the second closest watched report of the year as far as WASDEs go. And that's Carl Setzer, market analyst with AgriVisor, talking about the importance of the USDA's World Ag Supply and Demand Estimates report for January. That's because it will contain the final production numbers for the 21-22 marketing year. Corn, soybeans will be set after this as far as yields go. Looking for a little bit higher yields, a little bit higher production, that may come as, as a surprise. Of course, it'll depend how much the USDA raises any production if they do. He says traders will be looking at how the USDA will adjust the demand for corn and soybeans. Now, we've had pretty good demand on soybeans as far as sales go. The loading's not matching what we're seeing on the sales side. Uh, USDA getting a little cautious there. I expect to see that trail off a little bit. Corn demand was reduced in December. I wouldn't be too surprised to see another shaving off of maybe 75 million bushels in this report. But yeah, we've got all year to adjust our demand yet. So I think that's something we're going to watch. Setzer also says he'll be looking at the USDA's estimates of corn and soybean production from South America. See if the USDA is willing to cut the Argentine crops. We've seen several private analysts lower their projections, but so far the USDA has held pretty firm. We're starting to see a divergence in Argentina of up to 10 million metric tons between some of the privates and the USDA. If the USDA holds firm on their numbers there, that could send a bear shock through the market. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. You can find more farm news at HoosierAgToday.com. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we move through your Wednesday here, we're dealing with a little bit of a precursor to our major weather event for the week. Here for today, we're looking at scattered rain showers tracking across southern Indiana. At this point, anywhere from a tenth to half an inch of rain is what I can see coming down. Nothing in the northern part of the state except for cloud cover offshoots from the south. This is just priming the pump a little bit. Strong low pressure still has not kicked out of the central Rockies yet. This low pressure area really gathers steam overnight tonight, moving across parts of Missouri, and then it'll spread moisture into Indiana starting already before daybreak tomorrow in southwest Indiana, and the rain continues from there. Rain and thunderstorms through the daytime hours. The biggest question mark in my mind is when does the changeover from rain to snow happen? It is going to happen. I will tell you that right now. Rain going to snow, and I do believe we see wet snowflake accumulation in west central and northern Indiana, particularly on grassy surfaces and cars. We're going to see some strong winds as well. So a little bit of a mess. At this point, I'm going to say one to three, maybe four inches of wet snow with the biggest amounts coming in far northern Indiana. Michigan right now looks like it could be an absolute mess as we move through the overnight tomorrow night through Friday. This system lifts out of Indiana shortly after sunrise on Friday, and we spend the rest of Friday getting clouds to give way to sunshine. It's chilly for sure. High pressure trying to come in and take control. It fully does take control for Saturday, and we stay well below normal on temperatures. Then Sunday, we get on the backside of that high 
and temperatures moderate nicely. Into next week, Monday starts off mild, but clouds increase quickly. Rains are back Monday night through Tuesday, quarter to three-quarter inch totals there, and we see another swath of rain coming at us later in the week, Wednesday night through Thursday, quarter to one and a quarter inch rain totals there, but the moisture is done before cold air comes in on that system. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. A mixed close for the markets. This is Hoosier Ag Today and the Tuesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Numbers coming up at first market analysis. This review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. More at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. For more insight on what happened in Tuesday trade, corn, soybeans, and wheat, I checked in at the end of trade with Arlen Suderman at StoneX. Arlen, just not a whole lot of momentum to get anything going. Very flat markets. Let's start with the corn and soybean futures markets. A couple of days before the USDA Thursday reports, treading water, it almost appears. Trading water in kind of a wild fashion, uh, a significant trading range with not a lot of justification necessarily. And I think it was a lot of pre-positioning, so to speak, ahead of USDA report. This USDA report on Thursday is the biggest of the year. The most data dumped at one time onto this market. And so that opens the door for opportunities for surprises. That could be the upside, could be to the downside. If you've got a, a lot of end users out there and they look at the longer term picture, they still see some risks in relatively tight global supplies. They see prices right above chart support levels. They think, you know, maybe this is the point to, to extend some coverage ahead of the report. And that provided us some support mid-morning, but that wasn't enough to really sustain those that strength into the close. So in the end, you're right, it's just a copy, uh, choppy trade. Uh, ahead of the reports. Go over to the wheat market. Double-digit losses there. Anything happening in Ukraine that might have precipitated that? Uh, Ukraine's kind of the same old, same old. We're still having problems shipping out of Ukraine. Uh, Boats are leaving. None left on Monday, but that was largely due to weather. We were expected to see some movement today. Russia is slow walking the inspections of those ships. That's creating problems. There's been rumors of insurance problems, but the shippers tell us they're generally getting insurance to to and sufficient to move. Uh, it's just at higher costs. And so uh, bottom line is some movement is happening, not as much as Ukraine would like, and it's at a higher cost. But overall, I think the big thing in the markets today is the kind of the opposite of what it was to start out the week. Started off the week with optimism that the economy is good, the global economy is good, uh, and positive money flow. That kind of waned today, and fundamentally, we saw the pre-report estimates to come out from the industry ahead of Thursday's report, showing a 1.2 million acre increase in winter wheat. European traders noticed that overnight. We're not happy with that, did not expect that, and traded lower. The U.S. markets followed stronger dollar adding to that as well. But with the other markets firming, that allowed wheat to come well off its lows. Let's move on to the Thursday USDA reports. Plenty of reports to be released, the most that we see in any given month through the year. Narrow it down for us, what to keep an eye on if you're merely interested in cues the futures market may take. 
Yeah, first of all, final production numbers for the 2022 growing season, modest uh, adjustments in yield are expected and perhaps in acreage as well. Uh, but the big focus is going to be on Argentine production. Will USDA make big cuts to Argentine corn and soybean production? I think they'll make modest cuts to both, maybe more so for corn than for soybeans. I don't think they'll make significant changes to Brazil, very modest changes there. Move it over to the United States balance sheet. The quarterly stocks report could always have some surprises on it regarding feed usage. I think we'll see USDA slash exports for corn once again, but to increase feed usage to offset much of that. And we could also see some minor adjustments to wheat feed usage and maybe reduction in exports there as well. Arlen Suderman at StoneX. Learn more at StoneX.com. On the Hat Market Review, Tuesday settlements in corn quiet but up just a bit, 655 for March, two and a quarter higher. May up a penny and a half, 654 and a half. Beans went the other way, down three and a half cents on the March contract, 1485. May goes to 1489 and a quarter, off four and a quarter. And Chicago wheat lower all day long. March ends at 731, down a dime and a half. The meat markets were mixed, mostly higher in live cattle futures, but very quiet. And the lead contract February, absolutely unchanged, 157.75. Down a dollar, February lean hogs, 79.80. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.